This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey, everybody. This is Sean Daly with GreenLivingIdeas.com. Welcome to Green Talk Radio. And today I have with me as my guest, Joshua Levitt, who is the e-commerce manager for usecisco.com. Joshua, welcome to the uh, program. Thanks, Sean. So is, is it Josh or Joshua? Uh, either one's fine. Either one, you answered either one? Okay, cool. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so, so usecisco.com, the name sort of, sort of says it all. You, you guys sell used Cisco, I assume, routers and more, more than just routers? Yeah, we sell any, well, network hardware that Cisco would provide available in the secondary market. Mm-hmm. But usecisco.com probably only explains half the business because the other half would be our we buy cisco as well so we uh have an asset recovery department as well okay well, and the reason i just want to you know as a as sort of a preamble for our listeners today uh the reason i wanted to have you on the program you're, you're doing some writing for us on the site and you're one of our green gurus as we call them and in, in the area of technology uh in this case and, and you know technology is notorious for producing a lot of waste uh and some of which is very poisonous to the environment um you've got mercury and things like that uh, in in the circuitry that goes on to the um, various you know motherboards and things like that, and and logic boards that go in the components, and that leaches into soil, and so we have we have issues. But sort of compounding that is the fact that technology is also notorious for fast turnover of equipment. And I was fascinated when I heard about what you guys were doing because it really ties very directly into the, what I consider a fairly new concept or a newly uh, a concept that's just recently started to become accepted, I think, to some level of reusing technology. And that's really what we wanted to, you know, to talk to you a little bit about today. So just stepping back a little bit, can you tell, tell me about the, your, the, sort of the genesis of your work with, uh, you know, reuse and technology and as it relates to Cisco and just sort of globally, how, how did you sort of get started with the idea of technology reuse? Uh, Sean, the, the reuse concept sort of grew out of the dot-com bubble burst. There was so much excess equipment out there that was perfectly fine that uh, we saw uh, actually, our parent company saw an opportunity there, and we found the margins were better on the originally were better on the used equipment than the new. So, with all that available equipment out there, we bought it up, and that was 12 years ago, um, and started remarketing. Well, we test it. Obviously, we have a thorough testing process, and then we warranty it and put it back out in the market. Sometimes 95% off list, anywhere between 60 and 95. So that wow. more or less was the birth of the concept. Wow, that's great, and that's significant. I mean, I, I buy this kind of equipment all the time in reference to my backgrounds in technology, and you know, I support a lot of the technology that this company uses. So that's 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 very significant. That's uh, going to save people a lot of money at the same time. It's certainly doing better things for the environment. Um, so, and you are the you're the, uh, the e-commerce manager for the company. So, what is your day-to-day role with with you know the company itself? Well, my day-to-day role, I guess, globally would be to hopefully expose the site and uh, drive traffic and then hopefully drive sales as an end result. Mm-hmm. Um, but I sort of spread that out. Once we once we started getting involved in the environment, and this was 
recently, probably about a year ago, once we got involved in the environment um, and became that became part of our philosophy, I've become much more involved in the community as a whole with the blogging about the environment and then realizing where the youth Cisco model fit in the future, where we're going. So I've sort of been helping position us or try to position our business along that trend. Tell us about sort of the product. There's this concept that we that comes up with reuse or this term of cradle to cradle, and I think this is the perfect, you know, instantiation of cradle to cradle being actually put into practice. Uh, the idea of taking a product and you know, not it doesn't go cradle to grave and die. It actually gets you know re, sort of reborn in a new role. And and what does that look like with regards to your corner of the world? You know, take us through you know the equipment acquisition. What needs to be done to it, if anything, to get it back and ready for the consumer, um, so that I. I think people get a sense that they're not buying sort of used junk with no warranty kind of thing, because that's the fear with old equipment, right? And right. obsolescence, of course, also is another part of that. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, I think people are getting more and more used to the concept, but I think people like to pigeonhole the secondary market for computer equipment into sort of the same familiarity they have with, like, used cars, for instance. Mm-hmm. And the belief has always been that they depreciate over time, but that hasn't proven to be true like it is in a car. Um, with used computer equipment, some of this stuff is good for years and years and years, and parts can be swapped out pretty quickly. Uh, it's bare bones, so it's not really an issue like it would be with a car. And when you compare the actual value, sometimes when you're getting, you're usually saving an average of 80% from list. You could probably buy three or four of these things in the secondary market from people like us with anywhere from one to three years of a warranty buy three or four of them for the price of one new one. So particularly if you're stocking spares, um, it's almost like a no-brainer. And for people that can't afford a quarter-million-dollar network or a million-dollar network or even people who can't afford thirty to $50,000 networks, um, if you buy in the secondary market and you extend the warranty to three years, which you can do right on our website, uh, you almost eliminate the risk with the next-day replacement and you probably saved yourselves or made your business viable from a bandwidth standpoint. You brought up a really good point, which is something that we've actually been doing for some time, having been once bitten, twice shy, is you know even if you've already bought new equipment, is going to a, the, the secondary market or the used market to get backups because critical... Uh, network equipment like routers and switches and you know hubs or you know whatever you've got um, it's a great way to be able to because I mean most companies can't afford to buy a second Cisco router but now now they could uh, with something like this and I, and we've done that for years we we actually when we set up a critical uh, you know single points of failure type devices on our network we always buy two and uh, we'll typically get both or at least the second one <laughs> sometimes I'll even get a third one depending on the price point um, identically configured by the consultant at the same time uh, so that, that literally we hot swap if something dies it's just on the shelf and you do it and this, this I think it enables that which also has reliability um, repercussions as well sure especially in an e-commerce environment Sean some of these companies can't afford to be down for even hours and if the network goes down because equipment failed uh, I get it all the time I get phone calls from people calling and they're looking for immediate delivery of a product <laughs> and that's another okay. one of the advantages that we have is we have it right on our homepage, is that we can usually ship out next day or in the New York metro area we'll actually deliver within hours. That's so, great. And you're, you know, you're based out of, you're based out of uh, New York? Well, we have locations in, depends where the person has the issue, but we have warehouse locations in New York, actually New York City, and we also have in Oklahoma City. I see. 
And, you know, another thing I think that's important to mention on this topic is the idea that, you know, with a lot of these, uh, a lot of this equipment, and not to generalize too much here, but there, there, a lot of what updates over the, the, I don't know, the near term of a product life cycle on equipment like this is the software rather than the actual hardware. I mean, it's very common for, particularly with network devices, for manufacturers to use the same chipsets. They're not using the latest and greatest processor from Intel, in other words, in these in these routers and so forth. They're, they're fast, but, but that's relative. That's a relative term within the, the devices. So really, I think it really comes down to warranty and support and the ability to get what are called firmware updates, which is basically software running on hardware. And, and it sounds like in a situation like this, at least with you guys, that that would be a possibility. You could continue to get firmware updates and things like that and be supported. Yeah, you can download uh, patches, updates all the time, and you can get support from us as well, or you can outsource support. Um, we have partner companies that we deal with on a 24 by 7 basis, and then we offer our own support internally during normal business hours. Mm-hmm. But what people don't often realize is that in a particular product lifestyle, life cycle, like a Cisco product, not to be specific, um, in some cases, the life, the life cycle is planned at two years. So they almost call it a planned obsolescence. And some kind, sometimes in a capitalistic move, they'll encourage customers, manufacturers will encourage their customers to buy a next iteration of a product, even when the existing one still works, and a lot of Tier 1 customers... Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I get those emails all the time. Yeah, they don't have a choice, and they're being forced to upgrade every two years by certain manufacturers, and it's a fortune, and it's sort of built into the budget. And what a lot of these companies don't realize is that these products that we're actually... This is a great opportunity for us to buy... Uh, products that are being upgraded. Yeah. And we'll buy them all the time, and they're perfectly fine, and they're good for another six, seven, eight years even if you want. Well, that's great. Well, I hope, so do you guys have plans to go beyond Cisco? Uh, we do, actually. Um, and our parent company already deals in a lot in Juniper and some other manufacturers as well. Yeah, yeah because, I mean, this is a real issue, and this is something that, I mean, it's frustrating on many levels, especially when you're, you know, a smaller business that has a perfectly good device, but then they're really forcing you out and almost treating you like persona non grata to have the older equipment, which is like, I mean, when we talk about old in the tech industry, it's like you've got something that maybe is a year and a half old, and they're basically saying, well, gee, you know, if you're going to keep that equipment, you're not going to get any support, or it's going to cost you an arm and a leg, and really you'd be better off buying a new piece of equipment and, oh, hey, we'll give you a trade-in of, which is usually as insulting as the trade-in you get on your from your new car dealership on your old car, <laughs> you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Th- those kind of practices, I really ho- hope they start to change, you know, because I think it is it is having a great impact on the environment because of the amount of technology that we're seeing, you know, obviously uh, in businesses and in, at home as well. Absolutely, Sean. You touched on a great point for customers to know out there. Uh, we love to buy up their obsolete or their excess equipment, and generally we have a model that we think is fair, and we know the wholesale market, we know the secondary market, we're researching it daily and updating it daily, and we have our own models as far as what to offer customers, and it's traditionally a lot more than a manufacturer would on a trade-in. We're trying to make 10 to 15 points below wholesale on a a trade-in, so if you deal with us, it's almost a cycle between trading into us getting either credit from us or cash from us, either one we're fine with, and then hopefully buying from us as well. And that's the cycle that we offer. And stuff that we can't necessarily remarket, we're happy to take off our customers' hands because 
our commitment to the environment, we have our own recycling center. So if we can't remarket it, then we'll make sure it's recycled in an environmentally friendly manner. Well, let's drill into that a little bit. I'd like to hear more about from your perspective, having had some experience with this. Can you tell our audience who are, whether they're you know home users or they own small businesses or they work in small businesses and technology, what are some of the options available for you know reuse, recycling, refurbishment for technology equipment for people out there? Well, quite honestly, if you're talking about small electronic products or PC-type products, there's a lot of um, retail chains out there that have made a commitment to that. And places like Staples, you could bring in electronic devices in there and computers in there, and they'll take them back from you for free. They have a small charge, I believe, on certain peripherals. It's not much, and you can dispose of the stuff in a very environmental-friendly way. Unfortunately, the alternative is... uh, the accumulation of e-waste, which I'll get into in a little bit. So I encourage everyone to take their stuff into a certified recycling center. Um, Most of them are available online if you Google recycling electronics in your demographic. Um, We have our own recycling center. It's our asset recovery, U.S.-based asset recovery and e-cycling service center. It's in Oklahoma City, so anyone who wants to get in touch with me, particularly for network hardware, but like I said, anything we can't remarket uh, through usecisco.com, we will recycle or donate. Sometimes we donate it, and if we do donate it, the customers will get a certificate of donation, and it'll help on their tax return. Mm -hmm. You you said you were going to talk a little bit more about e-waste. I'd love to hear more on that as well. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, This is sort of how when when we figured out about the issue with e-waste, we got involved with the environment. Uh, We started to hear some very sobering statistics about e-waste, and what we didn't realize, and a firm called Gartner came out with a study that actually showed that the use of information and communication technology actually emits approximately 2% of total global carbon dioxide. And that's actually equal to the total emissions from the entire airline industry. Staggering. And believe it or not, most of those emissions are not just from using the equipment, but it's from the illegal breakdown of the electronic equipment and then the carbon that it releases into the air and some of the other hazardous uh, materials. And what we're finding is that a lot of the stuff being dumped in landmines, we're calling them mountains of e-waste, mm-hmm. they're going over to third-world countries, and they're poorly managed facilities. And some of these developing countries, they don't necessarily have the infrastructure or the, or the rules that we have and the bureaucracy in our country to protect them from breaking it down illegally, and the environment's definitely being impacted. So in those countries, it's leading to significant health risks, and it's causing a major negative impact on the environment worldwide. So not just in those countries, but that's going to be our problem, too. If uh, people here and other places where they have legal recycling facilities choose to use them as opposed to not. What's particularly disturbing about that last point is the fact that if you think about it, those developing countries and third world countries are the ideal place to create reuse for perhaps products that don't really have a lot of use in a, in a, you know, in a first world country where, you know, there's a demand for the latest and greatest. And, but, you know, those products are still going to be good in a country that maybe isn't, you know, requiring the cutting edge of technology. So how, how ironic, how sad and ironic that they're, 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 it's becoming a garbage issue rather than what it could be, which is facilitating a technology infrastructure. It really is sad, and we, we've we actually opened our own office in Asia um, because of the, the demand for bandwidth and demand for infrastructure in places like Bangalore, and uh, you'd be surprised because most of these con- these companies, they certainly can't afford to buy equipment at a Tier 1 price, so these are particularly the places where they're thrilled to have a secondary market product with a three-year warranty. Yeah. 
Well, I think it's just important for everybody out there who's listening in today just to know is, you know, the era of just chucking your computer stuff in the garbage. Now you know. <laughs> it's very poisonous, and, and it's got a lot of negative ramifications. And equal to the airline industry is pretty impressive because I was just doing a, uh, another show recently where we were talking about, you know, actually it was with Yahoo and talking about how that, uh, you know, the airline industry is really, you know, the worst offender uh, or use of, you know, the airline industry by consumers ends up being the, the worst offender. So that, that's a pretty staggering statistic, really. So, uh, you know, there are places to go. Keep your eyes open. There are places, uh, like Joshua mentioned, uh, Best Buy and Circuit City and where Staples. I think they pretty much all have them these days, some way to deal with things like batteries as well, not just technology equipment. So all, all good information. And is there anything else that you wanted to add uh, for our audience? Sean, I just wanted to let your listeners know that uh, if they want to continue with the discussion, I have a blog. It's called the Green Your Network blog, and it's available on the usecisco.com homepage. And this blog is basically a discussion for people to share environmental-friendly methods to lessen our impact we have on the environment and the consumption of limited resources. Um, all kinds of topics are on there, reuse, recycling. I mentioned a lot of global corporate initiatives to go green, especially ones that stand out. A lot of the, the hot topics are governments that are going green locally and statewide so uh, anybody who's interested in that discussion it's green your network and it's available on usecisco.com homepage good well joshua levitt thank you for being on the program he is the e-commerce manager with usecisco.com and uh, we'd love having you on the program today thanks a lot for joining us thanks sean appreciate it Thanks, as always, to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.